Changers. Welcome to the first episode of the How to Save the World podcast, where we'll be learning how to turn your dreams for a better world into real and measurable change. My name's Katie Patrick. I'm an environmental engineer and a designer, and I am so delighted that you have joined me to listen in today. Today's episode is the first of a series of episodes called 21 Days of Gamification, and it's about why you should put measurement at the center of your creative strategy. These 21 articles support my online video course called Save the World with Gamification that you can find more about at my website, katiepatrick.com. So let's dive in. Why you should put measurement at the center of your creative strategy. Here's the problem. Many people start projects without understanding much about what it is they are trying to change in the world. I mean, they don't look into the data about their problem. You may have heard the saying, if you can't measure it, it probably doesn't exist. That's well and good for scientists, but what does this mean for the social change entrepreneurs, world changers, and designers, or creative people in general? The brutally honest truth is, if we can't measure the impact we are having on the world, we probably aren't having any at all. Let this sink in for a moment. Despite your best intentions, you may very well not be making any meaningful impact on the world. Now, those words might feel like a splash of cold water in the face, but I assure you that this piece of self-reflection is a darkness before the dawn preceding your breakthrough to epic creative innovation. Okay, sure. But how can the tape measures, scales, and sensors of measurement possibly enhance creativity? I mean, wouldn't measurement stifle or even kill creativity? I mean, think of the words from this song by Arnie DeFranco. But then what kind of scale compares the weight of two beauties, the gravity of duties, or the ground speed of joy? Tell me what kind of gauge can quantify elation? What kind of equation could I possibly employ? Well, my friend, this is the exciting part. Creativity is actually a technical skill. Think about the many people we would consider to be creative. A pianist, a writer, an illustrator, an architect, a fashion designer, an animator, or a photographer. Each of these professions requires highly practiced skills that take years of technical training to master. Kevin Kelly explains in his book, What Technology Wants, and by the way, I absolutely love this book, that technology was originally considered to be a subcategory of the arts because the artistic pursuits were a kind of technical craft that spawned new inventions like the sewing machine. Painters, silversmiths, and dressmakers alike were the technology makers of the time. Creativity and technology have always been mutually dependent sisters. It is a recent phenomenon whereby technology has branched and grown so much that they have been considered separate trades. This is the message here. Don't see data or measurement of impact as separate to the creative process. It is part of your trade. I can kind of guess that you probably want to apply your creativity to something really meaningful, something that will change the world. Think about the concept of creativity with purpose. In order to make that beautiful feeling that comes from doing meaningful work come true, you need to have a measurable effect. The joy you garner from making this measurable change feeds your creative genius with even more ideas and good energy. I can't begin to express the epic feeling that comes from having firm evidence that your project changed the world. It lights up your whole self and invigorates you to keep going, keep growing, and keep flowering. This is the virtuous upward spiral of creative genius. Let's think about the concept of copycat creativity 
versus creativity from primary principles. In an interview with Elon Musk, the founder of Tesla, he was asked what he did when he felt stuck. And he answered, I go back to primary principles. What he means is that he goes back to the primary principles of physics, the basic denominator for understanding the universe. We can consider the concept that no ideas are new. Think of the book Steal Like an Artist. All of our innovation comes from seeing what is around us. In that way, we all copy from everyone else. As I see it, there are two general approaches to creativity and innovation. The first is to make replicas of things we have seen already and to alter them slightly. This would be ideas like, I like books, so I'll write a book. Or, I saw a neat app, so maybe I could make an app like that for my thing. Or, I went to a music festival and it was way cool, so let's make a music festival for the thing I want to do. You know, it's that kind of Facebook for dogs kind of thing. And these are not new ideas or innovations. The real way to construct new ideas is from primary principles or from data. If we are going to truly innovate and make the big leaps in creativity, we need to not copy others around us, but to start at the beginning. The language of the universe is written in data. The language of the real world is written not in emotive quotes, journalistic hyperbole, or clickbait titles. It is written in data. The numbers tell the real story. Data is the ground zero of your cause. When you start here, you start at the beginning. Your slate is clear of other people's ideas and ways of doing things, so you are now genuinely free to create and to innovate. In my How to Save the World presentation, I explain my data-driven design methodology for creating real change. Data is the beginning point for innovation to flow. And when you start developing ideas from looking deep into your data, something magical happens to your imagination. I also talk about the critically important division between real-world metrics and business metrics. It's a division that many people have not considered. Real-world metrics happen as physical matter in the real world such as litres of water, acres of land, kilograms of body fat, numbers of lives or tonnes of coal. Business metrics within a business or a website are not measurable in real-world matter. They are metrics such as subscribers, sales, revenue, clicks or followers, that kind of thing. When you apply your creative craft to a real-world data set of your choosing, you will throw a kaleidoscope of new skills together that will precipitate new ideas and I suspect the very best ideas you've ever had. You will be able to squeeze your creativity through new niches you have not considered before. You will break out of old ways of doing things and you will harvest ideas from looking deep into your data. And this measurement prepares the ground for game design. One of the fun ways to influence data creatively is through gamification. When I wanted to create a zero-waste campaign, instead of just writing a book or holding a conference, like has been done a million times before, I designed a web-based game, utilizing all the gamification techniques that I had been learning about. I started the design only after a deep study of an EPA report on municipal solid waste. Now, that's a fancy word for ordinary household garbage. But I utilized real-world data, narrative, progress bars, avatars, awards, badges, levels, and infographics to make a truly engaging and fun learning experience. All these gamification features were only made possible because of the data-driven approach that I started with by reading the EPA report. And this stuff works. 
Not only have these data-driven gamification features been proven in a torrent of academic studies, I also have oodles of testimonials from people who have made long-lasting environmental changes since playing the zero-waste game that I created. When I started using this process, the universe started to open up for me. I creatively flourished in a way I had not done before, even when I had in the past worked on creative pursuits such as magazines, graphic design, and web app development. And almost every person I've met since has actually asked to hire me. When I started designing games for environmental change, it felt like I had a creative rebirth and was truly creating from my own unique genius zone. But I drew all my creativity from the data and all the gamification techniques I applied that made it come alive were based on the data too. I think measurement and gamification have such epic potential for the environmental and social change community. There really is something magical that happens when you put the measurement of real world issues at the center of your creative process. Here's the steps on how to use measurement to manifest epic creativity. One, pick an issue you work on or you care about deeply. Two, research all the available data on that cause. Step three, brainstorm at least 10 specific behaviors that will shift the numbers on your cause. Four, decide who the players are. They might be individuals, schools, businesses, households, or even whole cities. Five, pick the one behavior the player needs to make in order to make the most substantial change to the numbers. Six, brainstorm at least 25 or even try and push to 100 ideas you can think of to make this player do this action. Let your imagination go crazy. And I absolutely love this step. Seven, read up on gamification design and see how you can push your ideas even further by layering on gamification features to further motivate your player's behavior. And lastly, step eight. Choose your most loved ideas. Start working on them. Talk to other people about them. Design mock-ups. Pitch your ideas to organizations. Pilot them. Kickstarter them. Let your creativity save the world. And you can also watch my most recent webinar for more detail on this process. Our higher purpose is measurable. People get it that shifting the numbers on a cause takes creative problem solving. It takes creative storytelling. It also takes creative graphic design, creative copywriting, creative computer programming, creative bioengineering, and you get me. It takes all of our very best creative skills to change the world's most intractable problems. I believe that this zone of creative flow that is found when we push the barriers of our field in order to make real and measurable change is where we find our genius zone and our true meaning in life. Thank you for listening to the very first podcast episode of the How to Save the World podcast. Today's episode was called Why You Should Put Measurement at the Center of Your Creative Strategy. I hope you're as inspired to pursue measurement as a form of creativity as much as I am. If you'd like to see the written version of this article, you can find it on my website at katiepatrick.com forward slash articles. If you have any comments, thoughts, or questions on the article, please leave them in the Facebook group that is called How to Save the World. If you're interested in learning more about gamification, I'd like to invite you to check out my online video course called Save the World with Gamification that is on my website. And while you're there, don't forget to download an important PDF called The Gamified Earth Matrix that will help give you more ideas on how you can apply gamification features to environmental data. 
Thanks for listening. Make sure you stay tuned to the whole 21 Days of Gamification podcast episodes. I'm genuinely looking forward to hearing more about what you are doing to make the world a better place. And I am super excited to help you turn your dreams for a better world into real and measurable change. Thank you.